1: What a world, what a life, what a day, Saturday, December 11, 2021. If you don't like the Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell situation, neither do I. But listen to this show and you will find out why it is important and interesting. I went to New York City with my wife, we set in on the trial, it was amazing. More amazing, we sat down with the author, Barry Levine, in New York, and then again for nearly two hours on my show. He is the author of The Spider, the best book about the Maxwell and Epstein saga. Oh my gosh, what a great show we have. Then Dave Gunders, our troubadour, he comes up with the perfect song, Deep Down. It captures the essence of Epstein and Maxwell. They were scofflaws much worse. But deep down, do they regret it? I bet Epstein does. He ended up dead. Did he commit suicide or was he killed? We've got those questions and some of the answers. So many mysteries to this saga, but we've got a lot of information and you will be fascinated. Beginning with Barry Levine, author of The Spider. Enjoy llc.com
0: now back to
1: the Fred silverman show hello hey barry it's craig hey craig thanks for doing my podcast
0: of course i'm sorry i'm late uh i just had to do something for a foreign entity and uh they had asked me to go into a studio uh uh for french television so uh, anyway i am here and uh available to you. It almost feels so familiar
1: like we just were in a bar talking the other day.
0: I know. Yeah, it would have been nice to do it right there if we uh, could have. <laughs> hope, hope you like the meal there.
1: I loved it. And we're just going to take it live because I know you are busy. Tomorrow you got the Megan Kelly podcast. Everybody wants you because you've written the best book about Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, Situation. It's called the Spider, and I'm so excited to have you. I hope you have a sufficient amount of time to not just explore the book, but the trial, and the very interesting life story of a guy named Barry Levine.
0: <laughs> I don't know how interesting it is, but uh, I'm available to you, Craig. You're a superstar, so uh, and the legend. So uh, oh, yeah, right. Uh, I'm, let I'm let very th- thr- thrilled and honored to be here. I'm a Colorado. go kid. back to the. Uh, Yes, we both go back to the old uh, Jean Binet uh, days, the O.J. days, and uh, a lot of uh, you know just cr- crazy, crazy true crime stuff that uh, you can't make this stuff up. You know, I mean this this one I think I told you the other night uh, when we met uh, here in New York after uh, you were in court. This is th- this case, the Epstein. Elaine Maxwell case really is a throwback I mean we haven't seen anything Like this in America in a long time So um, It has so many twists and turns I, I to know it, it. Uh, let, let, Let's talk about your life Because
1: it's more exciting than mine Every once in a while Drama hits Colorado Like with Jean Benet and Kobe Bryant And I did Analyze the O.J. Simpson case As a chief deputy DA Which I was at that point But I hadn't I don't know New York City. That's your home turf. And to meet with you and for you to introduce my wife and myself to Forlini's down there it was delicious. Are you kidding me? Sitting at the bar with you. And thank you for the book. I listened to it. I listened to it when I came to New York. I listened to it during the trial. I listened to it while I rode city bikes around Manhattan. You are in my head, man. Great book. <laughs>
0: well i listen, I appreciate that uh, I hope uh anyone who has interest in the trial um who wants to know the the background on these two uh will uh take a look at the spider uh i mean you know i I, I was just thinking today there's just so much more I could have put into the book. I mean the stories about Epstein and Ghislaine are just endless. And uh, I am only sad that uh, we are getting such a sliver of the true story from this trial. Um, Certainly, uh, you know, as I was saying uh, the other night, uh, uh, it's sad to me that right now this is the only criminal prosecution related to the two of them. I mean, there's been a lot of civil suits. And um, there's going to obviously be ongoing civil action involving these characters. Certainly uh, one of the chief accusers has a, a very uh, sensational uh, civil suit right now against Prince Andrew. We're going to see how that plays out. Right. But it's different between civil and criminal uh, court, and this is the forum uh, where... Uh, prosecutors, uh, criminal prosecutors, can really uh, get justice here. And uh, uh, it's disappointing to me that there is so much to the Jeffrey Epstein story, yet the charges against Ghislaine Maxwell are very narrow. And, of course, right. that's what they are prosecuting her on. All right, but, but we're, we're, we're never... learning
1: tidbits. That's why I see... say. I say people should read your book to accompany it. And here's what I got a kick out of being from Colorado and all that. I think I told you I made a trip to Washington. I got to interview Alex Acosta, and we'll talk about that. And then I went to New York, and I saw Hamilton in New York. And if you want to see Hamilton, I encourage you to go to the Russell Theater because it's set in New York. And when you read a book about Jeffrey Epstein— you want a New York guy writing a New York book, and you introduced me and my wife, because my wife listened to, to parts of New York that Colorado people don't know about, and how do you know so much about New York?
0: Well, I've been I've been in New York uh, now since the—I um, mean, I, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, but I've been in New York now um, since the— uh, 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 mid-90s and uh, I mean I equate my life with the various stories that I've cut co- that I've that I cover over the years so of course for me uh, New York the start of New York uh, when I was managing editor at the um, uh, Fox uh, nightly um, uh, news magazine show A Current Affair back in the 90s Um was uh, uh, the coverage of uh, the O.J. Simpson case. And then there was a rash of these over-the-top sensational cases. Uh, You had O.J., you had um, the Susan Smith case down south uh, in which um, um, uh, this mom had uh, uh, tragically... uh, um, um, she ground drow- her lift. babies
1: and she blamed a black guy. Yeah. It was horrible.
0: It was it, it was it was a horrible case. We were in that case. I mean, I remember there was <laughs> in terms of war stories, I had a stringer down there, and th- they had called me that afternoon and told me about this woman, uh, and it was just hitting the news down there. And there was suspicion that there was a lot more to this story. And I remember the uh, executive producer of the show said, it sounds great, Barry. Why don't you send a crew and a reporter correspondent there tomorrow? And I stood on the top of my chair and I said, no, 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 we must go now. We must go now to get inside the circle of this woman because at that time she had not been charged. And I threw a hissy fit. And I said, I said, we need to charter a plane. This was in the nineties when, you know, journalism, when money was a little more free, free flowing back in the day. And I said, you know, I said, this is one of those stories. If we get, we get in on the ground level of this thing, this is going to go for night, you know, night after night. And I, and I threw a fit and I convinced the executive producer that we had to go that afternoon and we put a correspondent, uh, Mary Garofalo, on the on the airplane with a camera crew. And she, she arrived there and got that night into a prayer session in this woman's home uh, in which they were, you know, praying for justice in this case. And of course, as it turned out, the police would later charge her. Susan Smith uh, with the um, horrific uh, deaths right. of these kids. And,
1: and you kids. had,
0: story. It right, you had the story. that story. Who was writing your page then? We had the story from from the get-go, and that's always been my instinct, and then got involved in uh, the a famous case here called the Amy Fisher case, oh, yeah. uh, in which uh, uh, this uh, Long Island uh, tough guy, Joey Buttafuoco, um, uh, got involved with a, uh, um, a high school girl uh, who ended up shooting his uh, his wife, uh, Mary Jo Buttafuoco, uh, with a gun in the face. She ended up surviving, and it was uh, it was a huge. Well, the uh, you brag you know, so-
1: about this stuff, and and I brag about it too. You're bragging because you made these stories. T- you sensed that they were big stories, and you got them going. Is that right?
0: yeah i mean we turned uh, we found uh home video of 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 amy um um, sadly uh uh, turning a trick in which she was charging a fellow student um uh money uh for sex and uh we aired that tape and it was the front page of all the newspapers here in new york Um, uh, and it was obviously playing to her character and so forth and, you know, she was troubled. And, uh, you know, it It, it ended up uh, that's that story. Uh, there was a th- a three television movies at the time made for TV movies about that particular case.
1: Um, so tell everybody and- what jobs you've held in the media now. Now you're a famous author, but how did you get there?
0: Well, I was. I started out actually in in, in straight journalism um, uh, when I graduated Temple University in Philadelphia um, in um, um, 1981, uh, and uh, actually ended up writing. I uh, wanted to be a sports writer. I I, I I wrote sports for the first ten years of my career. Um, covering I, covering uh, who? Cover well. I was I was a, a huge boxing aficionado. Uh, and I spent a lot of time down the street from the, uh, Temple University campus in North Philadelphia. And I used to hang out at Joe Frazier's gym and, uh, got to know Joe and, um, and I just, lo- I just loved, uh, uh, covering, covering fighters. I ended up covering, um, what had been Muhammad Ali's last professional prize fight in 1981 in the Bahamas. Uh, he lost, uh, to a Canadian heavyweight named Trevor Burbick. And, uh, and uh, at, at the end of that fight, Muhammad Ali announced that he was uh, retiring. Um, he said, Father Time, uh, uh, you know, I can't, I can't beat Father Time, and, and Ali t- uh, retired. And I, uh, earlier, in fact, at the uh, Detroit Free Press, I had covered a young fighter named Tommy Hearns when I was a sum- on a summer man, internship man. there. Uh, The hitman in the summer of 1978. Tommy and I were actually the same age. We were both 19 years old. He was starting his uh, professional career, and I I was also my writing career and um, covered several of his early fights. He ended up becoming a um, uh, world champion in several weight divisions. Uh, And uh, when he was um, uh, a year or two later, when he was going for his first title fight, uh, his manager emmanuel stewart who was the uh trainer from the famous Kronk gym in detroit called me and said uh you gotta you gotta come out here tommy's fighting for the title he wants you here and i ended up um convincing the sports editor at the philadelphia daily news to allow me to cover the fight i said if tommy uh if tommy wins the fight i will get an. i promise you i will get an exclusive interview with him for you and uh Tommy, of course, won in an early uh, knock, knock, early round knockout, and uh, his uh, trainer, I said to Emmanuel, I said, you know, I said, I promised the sports editor back in Philadelphia that I need an exclusive interview, and he said, sure, come across the street to the hotel, and Tommy will uh, talk to you, and he did, and uh, got the story, and I, lo- I, I love sports. Uh, and I, I wrote that for 10, 10 years or so, uh, covered World Series and Super Bowls and so forth. Uh, but I actually um, had a very, rom- you know, I, I was in love with the romantic side of being a journalist in terms of being a newspaper man. I love the kind of the press card and the fi- fedora hat type of mentality, you know, the stop the presses type of mentality. Yeah, I do. It's
1: attractive and, to a lot uh, of people but my god it was great profession for a while but only the strong survived and you had to make your move yeah. and and explain it Well I
0: uh, I ended up uh, taking a job out a left field uh, moving to Hollywood uh, for uh, Star magazine um, and uh, became the Los Angeles bureau chief out there and got myself involved in celebrity reporting. And, um, and, and I traveled the world for them. I, I went to Russia with, with, with Mike Tyson and I went to Buenos Aires, Argentina, when uh, Christina Onassis, one of the, the richest girl in the world, uh, died. And I, I covered a lot of, wow. uh, a lot of stories and that led to, um, 10 years with television, uh, uh, shows as I said with the current affair and and a couple other shows, um, I was with uh, King World when the um, 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 John Bine Ramsey case uh, came about, and of course we covered that story. Uh, as you know, it was uh, it was uh, in, in those days. These types of stories commanded um, um, every night of airtime, and there were just so many different angles. This was, of course, in the days before the internet. And so, you know, to get that news. Jean, Benet, to the Jean news.
1: Benet was the right news. at
0: the yep. dawn
1: of the internet, but y- you've got yep. it right. W- what is it? You're in the business. Why did Jean Benet capture worldwide attention? And I maintain that at a certain point after the fever built and everybody wanted to know who killed Sean Benet, if Alex Hunter or somebody could have said, Saturday night eight o'clock I'm holding a press conference and announcing what happened here. I think it would have been the top rated show in the history of the world because at at certain point everybody wanted to know what the hell happened to Jean benet who did this
0: well it was it was a, it was a who it was a who done it I mean and the the what made that story a favorite of the of the tabloid type tv shows uh which i I of course worked for at the time and there were so many so many of those shows and in the american genre at the time and also what what made the the news every night and i'm not talking about just the shows like um, inside edition uh, american journal and hard copy and all those um, but uh, the, the the nightly news programs on ABC and CBS and NBC it was the the it was the home video of, of little Jean Binet um appearing at uh, various uh, child uh, pageants dressed up um, and dancing and so forth and these 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 videos just captured the attention of American of course there was suspicion on her parents and 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 it was just a whodunit as to um how she died it was um it was uh, just a fascinating fascinating case and and uh as you know the um um district attorney there uh, alex hunter um um the grand jury decided not to uh um uh, no, the grand jury though.
1: voted yes and Hunter said no. That oh, came sorry, out through right. Charlie Brennan, who's an intrepid
0: right. that's, reporter that's, like that's you. Correct. The, 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 grand jury, the grand jury did vote. We didn't know that at the time, right. uh, but he decided not to not to prosecute. Correct. And this and to this day, all these decades later, we still don't know truly know what uh uh what what happened that night right
1: and i get asked that uh, a lot and for a while there if you're from colorado people said well who killed john bonnet as if we know because we're from colorado but you know who her attorneys were you know who her family attorneys were for uh um mrs ramsey it was hal hadn't hadn't morgan and foreman yeah. that team and do you know who's representing right. Uh, Ghislaine right now? Two lawyers from Hen, Morgan and Foreman, Jeff Peliucca and Laura Menninger. And they're doing a good job. I went there. I watched the trial. And just as yeah. I'm talking to you right now, Barry, it's it's giving me chills because most of us, I got it a lot. Well, why are you so invested in Champanee? And I'd say, look, if you can't care about a little w- girl— who got hit in the head and probably sexually abused, garroted to death, choked yeah. to death on Christmas in her own house, then what do you care about? And so I would defend yeah. it that way because my heart went out to her when I saw those videos. But what about pedophiles, which leads us into Epstein, how there are yeah. sick people like that. And a lot of people said well why is the current affair putting on these videos of little Champanet and how did those videos make their way into popular culture I think it was probably through the Ramses who else could have released it
0: well it was uh, I don't necessarily know I can't recall specifically if the Ramses released it but the material was the material was out there right and uh, it just became... You know, it, it it was just one. As I said, it was one of these stories that that, and, and there seemed to be a slew of these stories back in the day, of course. Um, and it was just uh, something that uh, um, captured captured the the, the, the the public's attention. I mean, we're still talking about, you know, who killed JFK? Right. I just watched the special special on that the other night. I mean, these. Um, uh, the the uh, the Jean Benet case, of course. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully, there will be a, a proper DNA match, and and uh, we'll we'll find out something. At least I hope in my lifetime. Right. Um, I I, I but, hope to find but, that
1: out too. Maybe the DNA was an anomaly, and I don't know. But I, but I know you captured my attention with your books. My God, what a great author you are! First wrote. All the President's Women, Donald Trump and the Making of a Predator. And I just finished this spider inside the criminal web of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. I mean, these are wonderful books, well-written, well-researched, all your training in Temple and your years of experience come through. When did you uh, make the move to be a book author, and how is it you are so great at it?
0: Well, I I don't know. I mean, I think that when you get to after after many decades that that I've worked in print and television, uh, 40 years and uh, a uh, letter reporting team to a Pulitzer Prize nomination. And and I I think you also you get to a point where you want to begin at the end of your career, hopefully doing the types of, of long form journalism that really challenges you. And um, I think I had told you that the Epstein book really kind of came out of my reporting on the on the on the Trump book. Um, You know, they of course, I had, uh, you know, followed the Epstein case uh, uh, for years, going back to um, when the um, uh, Palm Beach detectives in Florida uh, investigated him back in 2005. And of course, we've had the, we had the famous slap on the wrist, um, him him um, copping to a you know NPA non-prosecution agreement in which he uh, ended up copping to a um, 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 underage uh, prostitution charge uh, that did uh, um, get him labeled as a, uh, a sex offender. Um, but uh, it, it really was the friendship of uh, th- th- that I found intriguing um, in, in terms of between Donald Trump and and, and and Jeffrey Epstein. And then, of course, while I was working, while I was finishing the um, the Trump book, um, uh, Epstein had. Um, 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 you know, had uh, uh, um, died uh, behind bars, and uh, it, you know, my uh, um, my book editor uh, said that you know this is a nat- you know this is a natural uh, in terms of because I had developed a lot of sources down in Florida on on the uh, through the Trump book and the Epstein book just seemed to be a fascinating case, and I was what was interesting about the Epstein. It research i was always fascinated more so than even jeffrey epstein i was always fascinated with glane maxwell and in fact um at the end at, at, at the tail end of, of of wrapping up the reporting on that book uh that's when the um um uh, uh, prosecutors in new york from the southern district um, um found her um and and arrested her and charged her. Gosh, what chapters you
1: had about that? I mean, in New Hampshire, people have to read it, and nobody has provided better details. And I'm a lawyer in the business about the sweetheart deal he got in Palm Beach from Alex Acosta. You you documented so beautifully, and all he really had to do was sleep in a motel. He got to travel. He got to do everything. But I bet you faced this question, Barry, because I have just telling people I went to New York to cover the trial and I'm going to have you on, they say, oh, I don't want to know about Epstein. Ick. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a sickening topic. Why would anybody want to talk about it or think about it? But I think it's critically important because it runs deep and collides with the presidencies of Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, and God knows who. This is an important story.
0: Well, this is this is as I said. Uh, getting back to um, um, specific to the book, I always felt that the presence of of Ghislaine Maxwell in Jeffrey Epstein's life, when they had um, um, got, got, when they became came together in 1991, I truly believe that um, that Jeffrey Epstein is no question um was a um, um sexual abuser of, of of young women but the extent of the uh, of the sex trafficking operation that ended up taking place i am absolutely convinced could not have happened to the degree that it happened and the depth that it happened with so many so many victims had he not partnered up with uh, dealing Lane- Maxwell because she provided this um this cover for for him allowing them to present themselves uh as this very affluent couple very wealthy couple and with because of her presence because of the way that um, she was a oxford educated uh, woman, 30-year-old woman, when she um, um, partnered with Jeffrey Epstein in 1991, and it was, um, as I wrote in the book, they, they they became the predatory Bonnie and Clyde. However, she gave him a cover uh, in terms of um, grooming and soliciting these young uh, uh, girls because she was able to they were able to present themselves as this as this um uh, handsome affluent couple that they said were going to mentor uh take talented uh young women under their um uh, under their uh, wings and would uh jeffrey would uh, provide um, um money for college and special schools, music schools and things like that. And of course, all of this was just a cover to um, gain the trust of these young women and also, in some particular cases, gain the trust of the parents of these young women and and, base, and, and, and early on would end up getting the blessing of the parents in terms of the, to, to allow their, we call them children to, to to travel with Jeffrey Epstein and go to his house in Florida of course um, it was horrific what what would what ended up happening to these um young uh young girls after a period of time and of course the shame of what took place they uh, as we heard through some of the testimony uh in court um some of these, some of these girls were 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 very scared of telling their parents what had happened. They were scared of telling their siblings what had happened. Uh, they because they felt uh, uh, the, the shame of what took place, and, and, and so many of these girls were caught in this in this uh, in this in this horrible situation of of going back and back. And, of course, uh, Epstein was compensating uh, these uh, young women for the quote-unquote massages. Uh, But it was uh, the destruction of just so many— Of their uh, innocence. He
1: he, he liked them so young. I mean, it was ridiculous. Tell me if I've got it right, because it's based on your book and me sitting in the trial. You taught me a new word, satiriasis, uncontrollable or excessive desire in a man— And it can be caused by an imbalance of natural brain chemicals. And you talk about Epstein's upbringing, which was very humble roots. He was kind of a nerd, super smart, never completed college, but he got a great job through Bill Barr's dad. What a story that is at the Dalton School. But then uh, he he had some crushes, but he didn't know how to act around women. And he had this desire— ultimately where he had to have three orgasms a day. And I think Ghislaine, and that's how I pronounce her name after listening to your book and also going to trial. I watched Carolyn, one of the alleged victims testify, and she just called her Maxwell. She said, I could never say what her name was because it was hard for me to pronounce. So I called her Maxwell. And in any event, Ghislaine said, I cannot satisfy this man three times a day, but she had said about finding women who could, and it, it took a lot of women, and he would have 45 minutes where they would rub him on his back and his legs, and then he'd turn over, and most often, he would masturbate with these girls. Some he did more, and they would watch this, and he got some perverted kick, and while he was doing it, he'd be feeling them up all over their bodies, and then there would be 300 bucks on the sink and they would be told, hey, come back, you know, leave your number. And if you bring somebody, then you can get even more. And, and pretty soon word got out and you interviewed some of these women. This, this was no big secret in Palm Beach. Got way out of control because a lot of young girls wanting the money and the adventure. They did it much to their detriment long term.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I want. I, I, think the public. Uh, you know what I'm always asked is how could Ghislaine turn? This was an Oxford-educated woman, the daughter of a British media mogul, Robert Robert Maxwell. She grew up in a you know 60 room mansion in the English countryside. Um, As I said, uh, she was very schooled, very affluent, uh, had uh, friends in in high society, made friends in high society all all over the world, knew the Clintons, knew uh, uh, Trump, uh, knew the royals, um, what would possess a woman at 30 years old to enter into a relationship with a man, and I, I there's nothing that shows that I've seen so far that she knew in advance of his secret lifestyle. Uh, however, it exposed itself in terms of what he was seeking. And, you know, three uh, three years into the relationship, uh, the two of them would target uh, the, the woman, uh, known as Jane, who was minor victim number one, mm-hmm. who's testified in court. At that me, Michigan that, camp for that talented That was the turning musicians. point, as I wrote in the book, to me this was the turning point when Elaine traveled with Jeffrey Epstein to this camp. Jeffrey Epstein had, um, when he was a boy, extremely talented uh, with music and so forth, he was sent by his parents to this Arts Camp in Michigan uh, as a youth, Jeffrey Epstein, decades later, uh, after making you know millions and millions of dollars, uh, was a and ended up becoming a benefactor of this camp. They actually had, um, I think he had, a, they had, they had built a lodge there in his honor. Um, they were uh, Ghislaine traveled with uh, Epstein uh, to this camp, uh, and it really was for him secretly. Uh, Yet another hunting ground in terms of find, you know seeking out a young a young girl, and it was of course uh, minor victim number one who was there, fourteen years old, who um, wanted um, um, uh, schooling in 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 arts and music. Uh, um, Epstein and Ghislaine approached this girl. They found out that she was from Florida. She was fourteen. Uh, they talked about how. Back in Florida, Jeffrey takes young people under his wing and helps them financially to um, uh, realize the dreams that they want. Uh, she, she told her mother about uh, this couple um, and um, uh, her, her father had uh, recently uh, uh, passed on. Uh, she was vulnerable um, and they... Um, uh, Ghislaine would groom her uh, after a, you know over a period of time, and basically delivered hit, delivered her to the wolf, which was which was Jeffrey Epstein, and it was really to me, it was Gillane's turning point in terms of being a what you would consider a normal person who then went to the dark side, who then became a you know a a, a partner in crime, Mets right, pro-
1: Wolf, and then and she. Uh, Do all sorts of sexual things with this girl. And she just testified to that uh, as the first star witness in the prosecution ongoing.
0: Right. But I I I have a I have a line in the book that I think is highly significant because people say to me, What was how could she being a a, you know quote unquote normal person go? You know, he he was obviously screwed up in the head, um, and and obviously was a pedophile but how would he convince Ghislaine to go down this this dark road with with him and I and I write in the book and I think this is important for your listeners to to hear and I, and I write uh I'll just read you a paragraph here in 1997 Maxwell invited her old friend Christina Oxenberg to celebrate the success of Oxenberg's novel Royal Blue at some point during the meeting, now again this is 1997. The the prosecutors are focused on a timeline from 1994 to 2004. So this is this is three years later at, after the start of of the um, period of time in which they are prosecuting Ghislain. And I write here at some point during the meeting, the conversation turned to. Maxwell's relationship with Epstein. Quote, Jeffrey is very important to me and I need to mar- and I need him to marry me. Oxenberg recalled Maxwell saying. Maxwell, said Oxenberg, confided that she was unable to quote unquote keep up with Epstein's quote unquote sexual appetite because Epstein's needs were quote unquote impossible to meet Maxwell felt obliged to quote, bring him young girls to fulfill his sexual needs, according to Oxenberg's account of the conversation. Oxenberg says she was horrified by what Maxwell was telling her and tried to change the subject. Maxwell went on, and to me, this is a critical quote, which helps me understand how she was able to take part in this. Maxwell went on and said, quote, they're nothing, these girls, they are trash, unquote. And so to me, this is, to me, this is the way that I think that, uh, first of all, if you're a, a woman and you, you would, the, the instinct of women would be to protect these younger girls as a as a big sister or a or a mother type figure, in these types of relationships, but the, the the most critical telling thing is Maxwell viewing these girls as nothing, viewing these girls as trash. It shows you that she didn't have any emotional heart to um, to ever feel guilty about what went on, and I think that. I think that for a person to have gone down this road with Jeffrey Epstein, she could not have felt anything for any of these women or young girls, because if she did, she would not have allowed it to continue. So you, you, have, you had this fact that Epstein had this insatiable appetite for sex. You had the fact that at least at this point in 1997, Ghislaine was, was wanted to marry him, uh, and you had the fact that she couldn't uh, satisfy him. And so uh, the alternative was bringing in uh, these these victims mm. uh, where she was basically feeding them to this monster. That is so Yet, instructive. How did you get those quotes? Uh, one of the uh, researchers uh, in England who I, I worked with uh, was was able to uh, for our book uh, um, secure this uh, interview, and we wow. ended up getting these these significant quotes. And to me, this is the heart oh, yeah. of why she did it mm-hmm. and how she felt. Although and- three
1: three words come to mind for me: sociopath. I think she's a twisted sister, and another word, and you touched on it earlier: aristocracy. You know, she's better than everybody else. But the yes. word that mainly comes to mind, and I know you've taken some grief for this because you write about our people, it's a Shonda. It's a Shonda on the Jews because even Guy Lane, she had some upbringing. I don't think many people know about Robert Maxwell, and I know yeah. because I read your book. Tell everybody about her daddy and. In her defense, that would screw up anybody. Explain what happened.
0: Well, her 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 father was, as I said, uh, a famous media mogul in 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 England and and Europe. Uh, named uh, Robert Maxwell, Guilaine was his youngest uh, uh, child. Uh, she was always daddy's uh, girl. He named uh, his yacht the uh, Lady Delaine uh, in which he. Um, um, Ended up dying in mysterious circumstances. Some say he had a heart attack and fell overboard. Elaine Gil- always believed that uh, he was uh, uh, murdered. Um, the truth has really never come out as to uh, how her father died mysteriously. It came out afterwards that her father had been, had been stealing from the company's pension fund millions and millions and millions of dollars. And the um, uh, government over there um, um, launched a, a huge investigation in, in, in the wake of his in the wake of his death. Uh, however, what is interesting, and, and you know, and I tried to point some of this out in the book. And there's there's a much deeper meaning here as to how they connected with one another. We do know that Robert Maxwell. Was a champion of Israel. Uh, he had um, uh, lost um, um, uh, relatives in in, in in the Holocaust. I mean, Maxwell uh, was,
1: Maxwell was an invented name. He was a little uh, kid from where Czechoslovakia, part yes, that's, that's now correct. Ukraine, and his that, family. How did he barely survived the Holocaust as a little Jewish yeah. guy? I mean, he had nothing.
0: Yeah. And he uh, he he was in the uh, in, in the military there. He fancied himself uh, as uh, he in fact he said in one interview, "I'm I'm James Bond." I found it interesting in the opening statements in court that the um, one of the Maxwell's defense attorneys referred to Jeffrey Epstein as as a James Bond. Uh, the two of them, Epstein and Ma- and Robert Maxwell, were, were, were very similar. They both. Um, um, Fancied themselves as uh, as uh, well. They were both very very wealthy men. They both fancied themselves as spies. They loved the whole espionage business. They're um, both of them had had very close ties to Israel. Uh, Epstein also had lost uh, his family had lost uh, many in, in in the Holocaust, um, and uh, they, they both were believed to have had connections to the Israeli intelligence, the Mossad. Uh, you have to wonder exactly how uh, Ghislaine ended up with Jeffrey Epstein after her father's death in 1991. Uh, I'm gonna read you something very briefly here that I think is also important. And this is, this is a bi- from a biography that Jeffrey Epstein and his lawyers had created during the Florida case. In um, um, 2005, uh, Jeffrey Epstein had put together his own biography of his life, uh, and uh, he writes in it, and this is written in the third person, he he talks about Eva um, um, Anderson, who is now married to the financier, hedge fund manager, Glenn Dubin in New York. Eva Anderson was. she's
1: beautiful. And can I just encourage people? First of all, thank you for giving me the signed book. But Eva Anderson is a knockout, and Epstein had a crush
0: on her his whole life. Well, she she was a Miss Sweden. She was she was a Miss Sweden, uh, and they dated uh, on and off for a long period of time, and and even after she married um glenn dubin they were they 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 remained very tight friends um epstein writes in this biography that is is very significant he writes um um, again this is written in the third person after eva and jeffrey decided to put their relationship on a platonic basis jeffrey entered into another significant relationship with gilaine maxwell then 29 Beginning in 1991, Ghislaine reported that she had come to New York City at a very dark time in her life. Her father, Robert Maxwell, a well-known publisher, had been found dead floating in the Atlantic Ocean, having gone overboard from a yacht. Um, uh, Her two brothers were involved in subsequent criminal proceedings, uh, dot, dot, dot. Don't rush through that because I was
1: watching her brother in the courtroom. But, yeah, I love this part. Keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Ghislaine. according to Jeffrey Epstein's biography, Elaine had no close friends in New York at the time. And this is how, how he phrases it, Elaine met Jeffrey through mutual friends. She, and I love, the, I love the way this was put together. She found the friendship immediately rewarding as he engaged her in intellectually stimulating conversation. Moreover, Jeffrey understood that there were few bright spots for her during that period and he never allowed her to become despondent. He understood that there were practical things he could do for her. He gave her books to read, good novels, scientific studies, containing issues to challenge her mind. They would discuss the issues and in the process, take her outside of her personal concerns. Jeffrey had the insight to take her to comedy clubs on a weekly basis. This she found enormously rewarding in in relieving her depression. She believes that without Jeffrey at the time, she would have likely fallen into a deep depression. And it's also written here in Jeffrey's official biography. Jeffrey also offered to arrange for Elaine to secure a loan that would help her get a foothold in the business world. She explained that Jeffrey's way of helping friends with his money is always with a view toward maintaining their dignity. He would, he would never just give out money, as it is too demeaning to the recipient. When he gives money to people, he, ne- he does not know. It is always anonymously, so that the recipient feels no need to give it back. These gifts are meant to allow the recipient to continue the work that Jeffrey finds interesting and useful. In the case of Ghislaine, Jeffrey arranged for the loan, which she subsequently paid back. In this way, she was able to maintain her self-respect. And the biography continues, over time, their relationship became intimate. However, as with Eva, it ended amicably around 2000 upon the realization that the nature of the demands of his work, i.e. the long hours and frequent travel to maintain contacts around the world, precluded a good married life with children. Elaine and Jeffrey remain friends to this day. And, and, and then, then there's a quote from Ghislaine in this biography, and this is her, her quote. My experience of Jeffrey is of a thoughtful, kind, generous, loving man with a keen sense of humor and a ready smile, a man of principles and values, and a man of, of, of his word. If I made a promise, he would always follow through. In fact, I never saw him break a promise. He is disciplined in business and conscientious a man always quick to help someone who is down or to offer an opportunity to someone to pursue a dream or a goal. And I mean, boy, that's a lot to, um, yeah, uh, right out of uh, their uh, mouth. Uh, some of it bullshit, right but out, some right of, it out of their mouths. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it just, it just, it shows the, the, the fantasy world in which they, they were living. And, you know, What was interesting is, is that Jeffrey Epstein, uh, and you hear this from some of the girls, some of the victims who um, have testified, and of course many others uh, in in subsequent uh, 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 civil proceedings and so forth, is that through this period of time, 1994 to 2004, when Ghislaine was grooming and and um, 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 finding these um, um, uh, victims and so forth and partaking in some of the cases in terms of some of the abuse, it, it was always she was always joking around. She was always making uh, lighthearted cracks. She she didn't take any of this seriously. At least that's how she presented herself. And Jeffrey. Never believed that he was doing anything wrong uh, after the after the Florida case, after the slap on the wrist case, and you know what's interesting is he served about 14 months, uh, most of it in a work release program. Um, the slap on the wrist, Delaine actually served actually a couple months more, just waiting, you know, behind bars, waiting waiting for trial. Um, he. Never believed that he did anything wrong. He he he. After the after the uh, Florida uh, conviction, he basically uh, said uh, that his uh, his that the conviction was akin to stealing a bagel. And um, uh, we interviewed uh, two prisoners uh, who he was in lockup with. Uh, these were um, two inmates that were part of an inmate counseling program uh and Jeffrey had told one of them had had engaged in a conversation with one of these men this is days before his death and he had said um he said you know he said it's not he said it's it's this is all overblown the government's case against me he said it's not like these girls were five or six years old um he somehow was able to justify in his mind uh, that that uh, what he was doing with these uh, victims who were um, you know ages 13 on up um, through 17 and 18 that there was nothing wrong with it in his mind because they weren't you know they, 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 they weren't five or six years old hmm. um, and he and it bothered him uh, he had he had um, some years before, uh, uh, told a reporter uh, from the New York Daily News uh, that uh, he said one day he said you know it's unfair he said my my obituary is going to say uh, Jeffrey Epstein billionaire pedophile and he said that's uh, uh, you know couldn't be uh, farther from the truth he never was able to justify what he did and uh, as I pointed out earlier Elaine. Always viewed these girls as as trash. Mm. Uh, she was never able to justify, uh, in her mind, that uh, she was doing anything wrong. And you know, going back to the Florida case, part of the defense, and he had Alan jershowitz as his uh, as his uh, you know one of his lead lead attorneys right. in that particular case. They they uh, victimized the victims. Uh, they. Said that these girls. This was in the 2005 case that um, uh, these girls were, um, you know, k- akin to uh, prostitutes. They were taking money. Uh, they were they, drug they, addicts. Very you know, they,
1: sketchy, and that's right, kind they, of they, the right, defense they, they, in court right now. I'm sorry. That's kind of the defense in court. You are using drugs. You are uh, cocaine, Xanax, this and
0: that. they're they're, they're taking a page out of that right defense from the Florida case. And they're still attacking the credibility of the, of the victims. Now, I think a lot has changed from the Florida case till now, um, as we're in the me too era, which, which, you know, back then it was, it it was different. I don't think you can get away with attacking the credibility of the victims again. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I don't
1: know. You know, uh, I, I think that, uh, well, I haven't seen the jury, but we will find out. And I watched this. I watched a big wig from J.P. Morgan authenticate documents where Jeffrey Epstein transferred about $30 million to Ghislaine Maxwell. So I have to think that daddy's little girl told Jeffrey at a certain point, hey, this is fun and I like you and everything, but could you please sprinkle the infield, give me a few million here and there? And he did. How much money do you think she has, and do you think she got it from Epstein?
0: Well, I think it's 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 you know it's it's been documented that um, um, uh, thirty you know million dollars had been uh, ex- exchanged, and she had a very. Mild uh, or a uh, very—I don't say—meager in, in terms of stuff. Yeah, you said wealthy, after
1: after her dad went bust, the brothers had to fix things with all the stealing the dad had done. But she ended up with like a hundred thousand dollars a year, which was enough to get started well, in well, New York for, back for in the her, day. For right a, for, for,
0: for an international socialite as as she was, uh, it, was uh, it was it was it was it was pocket change in terms of the. The allowance that that she had from her father's trust it was not uh the type of money i mean she she moved into a very modest apartment here on the upper east side in in in, in new york initially before jeffrey uh, ended up uh, helping her purchase a, a much larger um apartment and so forth i mean she needed jeffrey's money i i i truly believe that um uh, uh that that her that her father had um, greased the wheel to 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 basically put the two of them together, uh, and, 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 and 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 you know if, if something had ever happened to him, that Jeffrey would be would be there to help her, and you know for Jeffrey at the time, in nineteen ninety one, I, I write in the book that that. Um, that there had been an incident in, in, in the 1980s involving Epstein, in which uh, there were um, allegations, the uh, civil suit uh, in which he had um, abused a young girl while on a um, on a vacation, uh, and that was the only reported. It was this isolated incident mm-hmm. that happened in, in, in the 1980s, um, and and so. There, there wasn't much there in the 80s as to what his what his secret lifestyle was to me it was it was only just starting to man, manifest itself uh, around the time he um, uh, met uh, uh, Ghislaine and and for him you know this was the you know what, what did she get out of Jeffrey she ended up getting financial security which he desperately needed from a you know an older older wealthy you know super wealthy man and she was able to provide for him access to her rolodex of of the rich and famous I mean she knew uh, she knew she, you know she, she knew Donald Trump she knew she knew Bill Clinton uh, she had uh, attended the wedding of uh, of, of, of Chelsea Clinton um, she knew Prince Andrew she was able to open the door um, for what Jeffrey Epstein wanted desperately, which was to collect very important, powerful people into his world. And uh, uh, he, he would do this to garner favors for other powerful people through his association uh, with, um, uh, with, with all of these individuals. These are individuals from um, the New York financial world. These were individuals from the scientific community uh, around Harvard University in Boston. Um, Let's he, stay in New yeah, York he, he, a second
1: because I was fascinated being yeah. a visitor there and you lived there and there are a lot of billionaires, but nobody else had, what was it? The Strauss Estate at 8 East 71st, Upper East Side, eight floors of glory. Epstein had it. And even by New York standards, that was the ultimate, am I right?
0: Yeah, I don't know if, if on your trip if you were able to 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 uh, not to, to this go by but,
1: but I've been to the yeah. upper east side and
0: Yeah, but I mean this this was of course this was a this was the the one of the largest private residences in in in, in New York City. Uh and it it came to him via um the patronage of um uh, Leslie Wexner uh who had been the um a CEO of the limited uh, company, uh, Victoria's Secret, and so forth. Uh, he had uh, Wexner had uh, hired Epstein um, as his personal financial uh, guru. Uh, Epstein ended up having um, um, uh, control over uh, over all of uh, uh, Wexner's money. Uh, Wexner has has, has said. You know, many years later now that Epstein, you know, stole uh, $40 million or more from him, uh, took advantage of him and so forth. Uh, Wexner, of course, is yet another one of these individuals who had been in Epstein's world, who now looks back on their association with disgust and horror. Uh, and and, bi-
1: and billions of dollars that Epstein probably yes, helped and, him and make.
0: And I, I absolutely believe that uh, that uh, Epstein uh, uh, took uh, much more uh, uh, from uh, uh, fr- fr- from Wexner's, uh, um, you know, billions and so forth. Uh, but it was it was actually uh, Wexner's uh, home um, that uh, he ended up signing over to um, uh, to Jeffrey uh, because he lived in Ohio and uh, Wexner had bought this property as an investment property in New York and. Jeffrey ended up setting himself up there and uh you know it, it was this match not a match made in heaven between Ghislaine and Jeffrey but a match made in hell I mean they they these two um as described to me by one associate of, of the two of them uh that they, they these were two grifters who came together and and tried to outgrift one another um And they were libertines.
1: I mean, the pictures that got released yesterday in court, one with her showing her boobs and Epstein's foot is there. And the most fascinating part, okay, there are a couple, but there's another dude watching it on the plane. That's strange. But I couldn't help but think about you because you have passages about a certain point where Jeffrey Epstein, who said he didn't want children, but he ultimately, as he got older, said, I do, and maybe uh, Ghislaine will be the mama and we'll have it through a younger kid. And they had a plan, and then yesterday there are pictures introduced of uh, Epstein with his hand on Ghislaine's tummy like she's pregnant. And there's mentioned the other day when I was in court that there was a picture of Ghislaine pregnant in the house. It's unbelievable. And b- before I let you launch on that, have you considered the fact? And it came to me when you said, that Robert Maxwell had greased the wheel before he died. He was also famous for greasing his hair black, even though he was a man much older and it was uh, dyed jet black. And I can't help but notice in court, Key who's 59 years old, keeps her hair jet black. Yet she went with the dude, Jeffrey Epstein, who's kind of best known for his thick head of Prematurely white hair. Have you ever thought about that? So respond to the hair, respond to the pregnancy stuff, respond to whatever I just said.
0: Well, she, uh, I, I don't necessarily know so much about the hair, but I, I can tell you that when Ghislaine first hooked up with Jeffrey, you know, Jeffrey, as I said, came out of. Coney Island, Brooklyn. He came from this very—it was kind of a Jewish enclave at the time called Seagate. It was this um, um, kind of walled-in community that was part of Coney Island, Brooklyn. Um, back in the you know back in the in the day, predominantly Jewish and so forth. I mean, I I had visited Jeffrey Epstein's boyhood home. Uh, it was a you know just a very simple. Two bedroom, one bath, um, connected home with exposed water pipes and so forth. Um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein came from very, very, you know, um, very, very meager uh, uh, roots and so forth. Although uh, his let's give him his ground...
1: credit, his uncle fought heroically in World War II.
0: Yeah, that is that, that is true, and I I report we reported that in the book. But uh, he came, you know, he was a guy who, as I said, very, very smart, uh, was a um, a mathematician, um, brilliant guy, but he, you know, he was uh, um, kind of a, um, you know, they they had said like he had the first first kid in, in, in his school who like had long sideburns and so forth. He was a big kind of goofy kid. Uh, pudgy um, didn't play sports, was always picked on you, you know he watched from the sidelines when the local kids played basketball and so forth. He was bullied a lot as a as a kid um, you know he was a nerdy he a pocket protector uh, uh, and you know and he never really dressed up um, when when he met Ghislaine, and, and Ghislaine's friends met him for the first time. Uh, As I write in the book, uh, some of them thought, you know, that uh, this guy's like, uh, he's like your, you know, he's like a... uh, He's a schlepper. Yeah, that he was like a, uh, uh, would fit in with the, more more so with the workers at her estate in which she grew up in. Always wearing sweatpants
1: and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, as as opposed to being, you know, her her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And she tried to... um, You know she tried to groom him she tried to get him to dress better uh jeffrey epstein you know always talked with his uh thick brooklyn accent and so forth she tried to uh really um um, uh, change him uh for his introduction to uh, her social world uh and 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 to meet these um, um, uh, wealthy you know wealthy people and uh um She never really managed to uh, change his dress. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein was always more comfortable in, um, you know, hoodies and, uh, uh, you know, sweatpants and so forth. I mean, you rarely, you know, very rarely would he would he, you know, would he dress up. But, um, you know, she he he was a project for her initially. Uh, She she really tried to uh, add some. A class and culture to his, uh, to his life. And, you know, Jeffrey had, had told his classmates in, in high school, he said, you know, he said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich beyond belief. I'm going to get out of here uh, from Brooklyn and never look, look back. And, you know, the bright lights in Manhattan and so forth. And he, you know, he, 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 uh, he succeeded. I mean, he had, you know, as I said, through Les Wexner's help, he, he ended up moving into one of the largest Private residences in Manhattan. Um, bought uh, uh, a, uh, a mansion off the water in Palm Beach, where he was, you know, around the corner from Mar-a-Lago and Donald Trump's estate. Uh, bought his own island, uh, Little Saint James, in the, you know, the Virgin Islands. a Ranch in New Mexico. Uh, you know, he did. Uh, um, he was, you know, he did very well for himself. Uh, But on the basis, really, of uh, I I think um, 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 you know, stealing money, uh, uh, extorting money, uh, possible blackmail, and so forth, and uh, the dark side of what his real connections were to uh, intelligence. Um, But did he? Did he ultimately?
1: Did he ultimately want to be a father? Did Elaine was she down for being a mother? Didn't they want Virginia Roberts to get involved
0: in it too? Yes. In fact, I, I when this, and I'm not convinced that uh, there's nothing, at least none of her, if it is a, a secret that she has maintained. There has been, I had never heard anything about um, her being pregnant, uh, you know, at, during her association with, uh, with Jeffrey. Um, I I do question, um, I, I do question you know, what, what that was about. Um, but we do know from um, w- one of the victims, uh, uh, Virginia Roberts Jufre, who was um, um, 16, uh, who was uh, uh, picked up by uh, Ghislaine Maxwell at uh, Mar-a-Lago, where uh, her father uh, was a maintenance man there, and Ghislaine was working at the, at the pool club there. Uh, and, you know, attractive um, young woman. Ghislaine had recruited her, and, um, and, right, out and Mar- you
1: know, Mar- right out of Mar right, right out of Mar a Lago, right out of Mar a Lago,
0: and uh, her her dad actually ended up driving her over to uh, the uh, Epstein's estate where uh, Ghislaine had said uh, uh, she had been spotted reading a you know allegedly reading a book about massage which immediately attracted the eye of Elaine, who happened to be at Mar-a-Lago that afternoon, and said, how would you like to, you know, um, make some money as a personal masseuse to this very wealthy uh, uh, man here in Palm Beach who takes young young people under his wing and so forth. And, you know, she couldn't believe it and so forth. And And, you know, it's only after a period of time she realized what was going on. But, you know, became became victimized and was taken advantage of, and and, and she and, is the but, one but who, uh, who didn't who,
1: he didn't he go further with Virginia than most. I mean, he probably had thousands of victims, oh, yeah. but Virginia, um, no,
0: the, they, no, the Virginia case is is really the you know the, the the linchpin of this because she was she became a you know quote unquote sex slave of the two of them, and and Epstein allegedly trafficked her out to. Um, uh, many uh, powerful, uh, wealthy men. Dersh. Um, in Dersh. Di- in, in, in I a, met Dersh in, a dish- in Denver.
1: Alan Dershowitz. He's in the middle of all of this, and I, I don't want to leave Dersh out of it because that's yeah. a big mystery. And reading your book, I I think that Dersh is is dirty on this. Am I right?
0: Well, I had to spend. You know, I mean, he, he is he has spent the past several years entering into litigation against uh against uh, virginia roberts uh, contesting um all of uh, all of her claims uh and uh and it's been a it's been very very litigious he has denied uh, any type of involvement uh, beyond being um you know a, a you know a friend and a lawyer of Jeffrey Epstein's and he is he has denied every accusation that she has put forward she's made claims on um on television and documentaries and in, in, in civil suits uh this is something that has occupied him now for several years and trying to clear his name and it's a very very you know, complicated, nasty uh, legal history. We could spend uh, several episodes in your podcast just on the litigation that's taken place between the two of them. However, he was one of men, of, one of several men that she made allegations that was uh, that, uh, Epstein uh, had trafficked her, too. Um, she ended up really escaping from the two of them, uh, after a number of years, and again, she's got a civil lawsuit right now against Prince Andrew, uh, who, she claimed, who she claims um, um, uh, engaged with her in sexual relations three different times. Um, um, well, you have uh, a great chapter. You have
1: it. a great chapter about Prince Andrew and his role in all this. Yeah, I, I learned so much. She, and, You know, I'll take it back about but, Alan uh, Dershowitz. I don't know if he's guilty or not. I mean, maybe he's just doing it as a lawyer and for money. But I do know that Jeffrey Epstein, who never finished college, gave a big amount of money to Harvard, and he gave money to scientists from there, and he had buildings named after him, and he paid Alan Dershowitz a lot of money, and those Harvard connections paid off. First of all, I think for most Jewish kids who have parents who want you to be educated in the finest way, Harvard represents the epitome and Epstein wanted that kind of status and it paid off when Alex Acosta was the U.S. attorney who gave him the sweetheart deal. Why? Because when I interviewed him at the White House, he had on a Super Bowl-like ring with a big H on it for Harvard. I asked him about it and I thought, hmm, I think Harvard's part of this story here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no question. I I mean, Epstein had always wanted, as I write in my book, The Spider, uh, Epstein had always dreamed of going to Harvard. I mean, but and he was obviously um, uh, never, never made it to there. However, he has uh, through research grants and, and, and money. We, we know now his, his connections with Harvard. Uh, at one point he was even given his own office there. Um, wow. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, uh managed to, um, really, um, um, uh, connect with, uh, with uh, a lot of people there through the scientific community, but getting back to, it's important to go full circle here. Virginia Roberts-Juffray, uh, what we do know, and this has been in, in, um, in um, part of uh, her uh, litigation and so forth, uh, we do know that um, she claims that um, at, at one point uh, during her victimization that Jeffrey Epstein uh, came to her and said, uh, uh, we want you to bear, um, bear us a child. Uh, he he uh, was uh, willing to uh, compensate her uh, with a, a mansion, uh, her own uh, a mansion, and um, a uh, fight. You know, a, a big financial incentive of, of some type of uh, a regular, uh, you know, allowance or so, so forth. Um, and and, and when was, he said
1: and when he said he help us have a child, did he mean him and Ghislaine that they would? Yes, uh, it would be Ghislaine's yes. he, egg and his sperm and carried by Virginia. No,
0: no, no. I, I. I the, the indication was is that uh, um, he wanted to have a child with her, and that she would then turn over parental rights of the child to Epstein and. Ghislaine Maxwell, and that they would have their own child and it would be, you know, Virginia Roberts' baby. And she was so disgusted by this, after what she had endured, that was the last thing in the world that she wanted to do. And she subsequently came up with a plan to kind of escape their clutches. You know, she had uh, um, worked on a plan, told uh, Epstein that... She wanted to go to Thailand so she could learn, um, uh, if I recall, massage techniques over there. Of course, uh, her, her intention was not to um, ever return, but she wanted to get out of the country, and, um, and and that's basically how she made her escape. She she got a, she she, she got uh, Epstein to send her overseas. And of course, she never she never returned, uh, and uh, ended up um, uh, meeting meeting a man and and entered into a another another life away from uh, Epstein and uh, and Maxwell. But the final straw was uh, what broke the camel's back. Was they wanted to uh, uh, they wanted her to have their have their child, uh, and Epstein, of course, is uh, the, the public. May have heard. Also came up with this crazy plan, uh, in which he was going to uh, at his ranch in um, New Mexico at the Zorro Ranch, uh, that he was uh, going to um, um, uh, produce uh, uh, superior children through uh, through his sperm, and and it was going to be this. He brought in scientists and so forth to create. A plan, some type of baby-making factory. Uh, it really is something out of um, a just a uh, 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 fantasy, you know, horrific uh, uh, thriller nightmare. I mean, this this guy uh, uh, was just thinking crazy, crazy things. Um, but again, as I said, the, 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 this 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 was a a a life that he was living uh but because he was so smart uh he was able to go between these two worlds his dark world of molestation victimization uh sex sexual abuse uh with um, uh, with, with young uh young women uh and, and and then he was able to get on a plane and show up at a you know, millionaires' conference and uh, meet uh, uh, Bill Gates or Elon Musk or go to a you know scientific conference. And this you
1: point out in your book. This was after he was convicted in Palm Beach County and got the slap on the wrist. Uh, the rich and famous came back to him. There were billionaire events that he was a part of. I, 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 I'll tell yeah. you, this story goes on and on. I want people to read your book uh, to determine whether they think and you think that it was a suicide in jail. One thing I know is if Epstein ever did a podcast, he can't now, he's dead. But if he was on instead of you, and God, what a great guest you are, how many people would be ruined if I could get him to tell the truth about everything he witnessed?
0: Yeah, well, I, I think that's the, if there's a tragedy of this trial, and again, it's so important that at least here in the United States um, that the prosecutors have at least brought uh, formal charges against one person in his in his circle. And that is, of course, his his partner, uh, Gillian Maxwell. And I think they've done a pretty good job of showing that relationship through the through the photos that they released to the court. I think it does cement um, that this was uh, um, more than just some type of business relationship; that these two were joined at the at the hip. Um, but it, it, the the tragedy is that because the charges are so narrow, related to this um, um, the four victims that they're putting forward in the case involving this very limited window from 1994 to 2004, that while we are getting i think the satisfaction of of hopefully a prosecution of these of of gilene maxwell for grooming and conspiracy and trafficking of these of these uh of these victims which he faces 70 some odd years in in behind bars mm-hmm. that we are not going to get the full story of the of of the the trafficking in terms of specifically what powerful men were, were 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 really involved and and, and we'll never get the Understanding of of you know were these allegations that uh, you know Virginia Roberts has put forward uh, you know truly um, you know could, could they ever stand up in in, in, in criminal court? But there there is evidence.
1: My God, the end of your book—I don't want to give it away—but you do that yeah. correspondence with one of Epstein's victims that was so powerful, but. I like when you connected to World Events and that stuff about the Palm Beach County officer who, uh, they were all pissed when the case they worked on yeah. uh, it ended up with a slap on the wrist. There were videos. I was there in court where uh, the FBI guy, or it was a woman named McGuire, I think Kelly McGuire, Irish as could be, she said, I led the search of the East 71st townhouse. They used a battering ram to open the door, and then they went in. They took pictures, and the key exhibit, they found binders, binders full of CDs. I assume DVDs, too, and this guy had all of his properties wired for video and sound. Am I right, Barry? And my God, the video evidence that really exists, and in your book, you surmise who may have access to it and who may have therefore been able to compromise the last president of the United States. That's why
0: this is important. Am I right? Oh, there's no, there's no question. And, you know, it, it's, it's the government knows so much more and, and whose pictures are on these, on these discs. Are they, are there powerful men, you know, that they have images of? Are there, are these, are these just pictures of, uh, I, I read today, uh, I think there was an estimate that they may, that the government may have 10 or 20,000 images yes. from these uh, from these discs. Are these all girls? Are these also, is there is Prince Andrew on any of these um, uh, and, images? And how do, you there, know, there... how
1: do you know Epstein was recording all this and in a very secret way? You write about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one girl I mean, got into the control room. He, he, not, he didn't just have cameras in the bedrooms, every bedroom, yeah. but in the toilets, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Epstein. Uh, you know, he had he had told the police in Palm Beach back uh, before two thousand and five that he believed that one of his uh, workers there was stealing from him, and so they actually, he, Palm Beach police officers actually, at that time went over and helped him install a surveillance system in his home, in his Palm Beach mansion, and of course, you know, he would he would he would then later use that surveillance system to record um, uh, sexual activities involving um, uh, these um, uh, young women and 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 who knows who else was captured on these on these videos i mean will will the government ever ever tell us what, you know who else is on these right, but, but on i got to give it away I mean,
1: you have a palm beach whistleblower in the sheriff's office yeah. delivers some tapes to a guy who ends up moving to russia around 2016 and you surmise that Vladimir Putin has probably seen some of this stuff because copies have been made.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, the, the 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 detectives, the hardworking detectives in Palm Beach, who initially were investigating this case and and turned up forty victims, and again, this was just the the the, the you know the the just the, the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there were. There were hundreds upon hundreds of of uh, of victims, but they had they had legitimately turned up uh, more than 40 um, girls uh, that uh, at the time of the 2005 investigation uh, that Epstein uh, had uh, abused. And um, they were furious that the that the that that the state attorney at the time. took this to a uh, a grand jury uh only presented two victims and uh the police chief was furious the detectives were furious they brought in the fbi and the fbi launched their own investigation and uh expanded the investigation from florida to new york and then that of course was um you know, quashed uh, uh, with uh, Alexander Acosta, who was the um, um,
1: um, Trump's labor chief secretary when I interviewed him,
0: attorney right. back at the time for the Southern District in in in, uh, in, in South Florida, right. and ended up uh, you know working up this slap on the wrist uh, prosecution deal. And eventually, um, he
1: had to resign in disgrace from his cabinet yes. post because of the Epstein revelations. You yes, know, that's, what that's, happened with that grand jury, I'm worried it's going to happen with this jury, Barry, because they're only presenting four victims. Virginia Roberts, Choufray, yes. is not testifying. A lot of the stronger yes. people that you uh, that last girl from Florida who wanted to be a journalist, my God, what a great witness she would be, but they're not doing it, and I may have affected the trial. Let me tell you how. I went to the courthouse. I went to all the viewing rooms and there was one on the ninth floor, one on the fifth floor, one on the first floor. Yes. And I watched the trial. but I had to get in the courtroom. And during a break, I went to courtroom 318 and I walked in, they were on a break and there was my Denver friend, Jeff Paliuca, And uh, the sheriff said, sir, it's crowded. You got to be an authorized person. I said, well, I'm a lawyer from Colorado, and I know that lawyer over there. And if you could tell him I'm here, I'd just like to greet him. So I was in the courtroom for about a minute because the guy walked up. And I didn't realize Jeff was talking with Ghislaine. I realized that when he stood up and he came over, we touched elbows, said hello. I told him, good luck, because he's a friend. What else are you going to say? And then he went back to... Gay Gay Lane. Then the next day I watched him cross-examine Carolyn. He did a good job, but I noticed he had a little tickle in his throat. I feel fine. God knows why you get on an airplane from Denver to New York. But he was uh, occasionally instructed by the judge to confer with the prosecutor. Ms. Comey, I think, was uh, there. And the only time you can take off your mask in the courtroom is when you're in that glass booth doing the questioning, but when the lawyers had to confer, they would both get in there. Ms. Comey, the daughter of James Comey, she's gigantic, towering over Jeff. They were talking to each other, and I don't know if Jeff got hurt a little sick or got passed on, but somebody in the prosecution team, the three main women who are bringing the case... One of them is sick, and the trial's now been suspended until she gets better. So I don't know if I brought a bug on my elbow to Jeff Paliuku, passed it on. A oh. true. I'm, I'm just well. wondering what happened, because uh, I don't think it's just a passing illness. It sounded like this woman may have had to go to the hospital. Have you heard more? Do you know what
0: well, I, I, I only heard what the what the judge announced this morning at 1030, which was uh, testimony was going to be suspended today because pending uh, the uh, illness of uh, one of the lawyers involved in the case. But there was a belief that it would that it would pick up again uh, tomorrow on uh, on Friday. So, we, you know, I guess we'll wait and see as to um, what what happens tomorrow. The, the prosecution still has to present its fourth victim um and there's some other material that that uh that, that uh, was in um, the pretrial emotions uh that i am very interested in hearing about uh, that the prosecution was supposed to raise some emails that Ghislaine maxwell sent to um i believe they were termed influential men uh, in terms of arranging something, be, it's, arranging dates between some women and these men. I would, I would certainly be interested in hearing uh, the identity of these men because it would play at the larger scale of this, which was the sex trafficking of of of, of young young girls to uh, rich and powerful friends, uh, influential friends of Jeffrey Epstein. Are we going to hear really? You know any of that in this particular case? Um, well, well, do I you think know. do you think
1: the prosecution is pulling its punches again? I mean, that was the allegation down in Palm Beach in front of the grand jury, and you only have four victims when we know there were thousands. Where are more of them? It's
0: it's I I, I tweeted yesterday when when you know I, I heard word that the prosecution, which uh, the belief was that. Uh, um, uh, they were going to go much longer with, their, w- w- with presenting their case that they might, you know, wrap up inside of two weeks' time. And I'm, 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 I'm like, this is the only, you know, with, with Jeffrey Epstein's death uh, and, of course, uh, we, we never, you know, he never got his, his, his day in, in New York court. Uh, this being the only criminal prosecution that is taking place among his circle, uh, why can't we get more? Why can't the prosecution go deeper? Why why can't they make this a slam dunk case? Why are they only relying on on these four victims and they're staying away from uh, possible witnesses like Virginia Roberts Jaffray, who, who could introduce the the larger scale of of, of all this and and make the the, the jurors under, understand that this was something much more beyond just Jeffrey Epstein's own. You know sexual satisfaction that this involved uh you know rich and powerful men in his circle that you know received some of these women through the trafficking i don't you know the the indication is we're not going to hear any of that and uh to me that's um you know this is the one opportunity uh, to understand so much more about this and i just don't think we're gonna we're gonna hear i think that the public remains torn over, did Jeffrey Epstein take his life, or was he killed behind bars? And I think the the, the public's going to come away from this trial as, you know, why is the government holding back? Are they afraid of, of these rich and powerful men? Why won't they name names? Uh, who are, you know, who are the, the, the these people on all of these um, uh, discs that were uh, taken in the in, in the raid in New York, um, you know, we, are we ever going to get? Are we ever going to really, you know, get get answers to this? And and I think uh, the reality is showing that uh, we'll probably never get to the bottom of this of this case. I don't know if you've
1: looked at the drudge report, but he's starting to feature the trial. Will the madam testify? The answer is no. I don't think there's any way she can yeah. testify. Uh, That would be a mistake, but I don't know what the result will be, and I I agree about the dissatisfaction, but we know that Ghislaine, she knows all these answers, and do you think she'll ever spill her guts?
0: You know, I mean, she is also facing perjury charges separate from this trial uh, uh, over uh, uh, comments she's made in in civil depositions, uh, and that, that... could tack on another 10 years uh, to, to a, uh, a possible sentence. Uh, whether that uh, perjury trial uh, takes place after this, I guess. I guess it, it depends on the outcome of this particular case. But uh, I don't think uh, I, I don't think we'll ever hear um, what what really happened uh, from Ghislaine. And I think we can only rely on comments that she made at the time uh, to intimates as I as I report in in my book the spider uh, as to um, you know the fact that these girls meant nothing to her and uh, she was doing this out of this uh, craze uh, loyalty and love at the time for Jeffrey Epstein I love your title. Uh...
1: And the artwork is great. The Spider Inside the Criminal Web of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Then you have a good picture of Jeff Epstein, but really, it should be plural, right? The spiders, because she was a big part of it. And the way they would cast their net and get pretty soon everybody was sending them young girls for those hundred dollar bills and it kind of got overwhelming for them right
0: it, it was ridiculous yeah. I, I mean the 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 prosecutors have laid out a two-prong approach here in terms of the four victims and that is to show from the period of of 1994 to 2004 that in the 90s, Jeffrey and Gileen together recru- re- recruited the, the the girls themselves and then by the 2000s it had moved to a nation where the girls that they had previously recruited were, were recruiting other girls they were recruiting their friends they were recruiting other cuz they would get, so get extra
1: 100 dollars bills for that and they would not
0: even have to do anything right it was it was this pyramid Right. Scheme uh, that was that built upon itself, and, and over these uh, you know the uh, uh, these two decades, the um, the um, um, re- recruitment had had uh, um, moved into a into a into a much higher sophisticated level in which uh, Ghislaine um, not only was doing it herself, but was also relying on what the um, uh, original prosecutors in in in, in Florida. Or the or the police there said were um, uh, four um, um, uh, co-conspirators that were that were all given immunity. These were these were four adult women uh, that were named at the time in Florida. Uh, one of which is supposed to testify, uh, who who acted as Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, lieutenants in this operation, right. scheduling and uh, keeping the books and so forth. We we do know that. Uh, uh, that at the time of one of the raids in Palm Beach, uh, that um, uh, one of these women allegedly removed computers uh, from the house uh, had been tipped off that the raid was going to take place. And uh, I, I I do not believe if or I, I do not know if, in fact, uh, th- those re- computers uh with evidence uh were, were ever recovered by the uh, by the uh, police uh, in, in palm beach but we do know that um uh, at the time of the uh um raids uh by the uh, um uh, from this uh, particular epstein's apprehension uh by um, um federal prosecutors uh that they did uh, um recover um um significant amount of uh, of uh, evidence and uh, uh you know and, and and will we ever really find out what's you know wh- what all that evidence is and, and who these pictures are um you know it's it's going as i said it's gonna leave a bad taste with the public i think regardless of what the result of this uh, of this trial is because uh we want uh, to understand so much more we want to know um truly um, um, you know did did you know rich and powerful and influ- influential men in epstein's orbit also take part in in his sexual in in the trafficking and did he did he use um um w- what occurred here um as uh, as uh, potential blackmail against these men and was he communicating with uh foreign um intelligence a- entities was, was this part of uh uh, this honeypot operation part of uh, Tradecraft. Uh, you know, we, we know that he fancied himself as a spy. He told uh, uh, women early on who he was dating that he was a man of mystery, that he was, uh, a, you know, a James Bond character, just like Gillian Maxwell's father. Um, there's a lot of uh, similarities uh, between these two, between uh, uh, Robert Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein.
1: Here's what I hope for. And I think it will happen because people like you dedicate yourselves to journalism and honest reporting. That's a beautiful part of America. And someday we will know more about Ghislaine and the late Jeffrey Epstein. And I think we'll know more about Jean Benet somehow, some way down the road. The truth will more come out. But that's why you do what you do. And I like exploring the truth too. I got such a kick out of being in your city and to walk down those streets, past the place where Jeffrey Epstein breathed his last. I looked up at that uh, detention center and thought about those things. You've got quite a city in New York, good, bad, and ugly, and thank God it's still going on during the pandemic, and that courthouse is a beauty. I don't know if you take it for granted down there, but it's pretty spectacular to be right there, Chinatown, Little Italy, the World Trade Center. Now I know about uh, Forlini's, and I got to meet you there. Yeah. Thanks a million for your time, Barry. Uh, I hope everybody reads your book, "The Spider: Inside the Criminal Web of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell," and you, of course, get the last
0: word. Well, I I I think if there's anything uh, that at least, and again, we don't know the outcome of of of. of, of, of whether justice will be served here, but I think for so many of these, uh, uh, you know, so many of the accusers, so many of these victims, that just by having Elaine Maxwell um, appearing in court every day, uh, being um, incarcerated um, pre-trial for um, 15 some odd months now. And shackled, uh, shackled in court, too. yeah. Yes, that they feel uh, that there is some uh, I guess a reckoning of uh, of some sort and of course a a, a victory by prosecutors would would uh, go so far with uh, the recovery of, um, of of these women putting their lives back together. I mean nothing's going to replace nothing's going to take away as I've interviewed, um, so many of these uh, uh, victims and so forth. Nothing uh, can ever take away the innocence so that was lost of, of of what Epstein and Maxwell did uh, with, with with these uh, these women. They, 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 her defense is, is uh, said that, that um, uh, you know this case this case is about money, uh, motivation, and memory, and have continued to uh, assault uh, these women on the fact that they. Uh, that these victims had received uh, uh, money from the Epstein compensation fund. Some of these women receiving um, upwards of uh, five million dollars, and so forth. But again, you 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 can't put a price on on the horrors that uh, that these women suffered. Uh, but her defense team is certainly using. Um, um, uh, you know money as as one of their motives here in terms of um trying to um destroy the credibility of these uh, victims but i do hope that uh, at least at least this trial has given uh these uh, women um some sense of uh, a a reckoning that uh, uh that uh, someone at least you know who, who took part uh, in you know it specifically took part in the grooming and also abuse of these women is is you know is is facing the music is 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 being brought up on charges and and uh, we'll, we'll see we'll that's see why that's cursed. why
1: you won't be a jerk Barry and neither will I because after reading your book I know she's guilty she was a big part of it and You make the point that, hey, a lot of these teenagers also recruited girls, but they were teenagers. She was an adult. She was getting, reaping all the big benefits. It was horrible what she did.
0: Just despicable. Any sense of her team painting her as a victim? I mean, she was a 30-year-old woman when she um, hooked up with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, She was an adult. She was a worldly, Oxford-educated individual. Um you know she but was she, not, but, not but, she was
1: it. she was on tilt from her daddy's death and all the revelations about him and his crookedness and whether she believed it or not. I mean, these two collided as you put it, Bonnie and Clyde, Sacco and Vanzetti, Klebold and Harris I mean, they were just a couple of people once they got together. Wow, what a yeah. crime they committed over and over and over, yeah. What a great story, uh, yeah, and it's not over. It's not even
0: close to over. No, but, and, and hopefully through some of these, through some of the civil litigation, for instance, the the Virginia Roberts to Free case, civil case against Prince Andrew, you know, we, every one of these civil cases brings uh, another right. little- piece of the puzzle forward. Exactly. The and, Dershowitz
1: uh, thing and Wexner's still yeah, alive. Yeah. That guy knows everything. Maybe we could have a deathbed confession. But I do think, you know, Colorado, we're opening up a window for being able to sue uh, around the statute of limitations. Part of what enabled the, this action in New York. I think it's fair because don't you appreciate, Barry, there's more systemic abuse of Young people and uh, sexual targets than I was aware of, and I was prosecuted for 16 years. Some of what I read in your book really shocked me, and the revelations in churches and other uh, entities, the Boy Scouts—it's kind of rampant, and we gotta we gotta come to grips with that stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know we we we've seen Bill Cosby go down, we've seen Harvey Weinstein go down. You've seen Matt Lauer lose his Charlie uh, Rose, his, his, his career. Charlie Rose. I mean, you know, this is a, a and a lot a, a of these record.
1: guys were at uh, at the parties of Epstein, right? And and Cosby lived nearby.
0: Yeah, well, Cosby, we don't necessarily. I don't believe there was a true association. He was a neighbor of Jeffrey Epstein's right. in New York. Harvey Weinstein, however, I have a photo in my book of 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 Harvey Jeffrey and Gillian Maxwell in in costume at a. Um, at, at some type of uh, costume party. I mean, they were, they were all friends. Um, he was uh, Jeff, Jeffrey S. Epstein was also friends. I have a photo in my book of Woody Allen, uh, who um, um, was an associate of of, of Epstein, and um, of course, and the latest uh, name that I, we're all talking about is Bill Clinton and, and Donald Trump. Uh, is uh, you know, in, in terms of how many times you know Bill Clinton has flown on the Lolita Express and. And uh, the extent of the partying and the socializing uh, between Trump and uh, Epstein uh, back in the day—you have you have to wonder about the message Donald uh, Donald Trump sent as president uh, after Ghislaine mm-hmm. y- y- Maxwell was arrested, uh, in which he wished her well. I mean, you know, you have to wonder: was that some type of veiled message to her? Um, Again, right, because he know, probably yeah.
1: thought he'd be reelected and maybe he would be so bold as to pardon her. And is that uh, still within the realm of possibility? The guy's talking about running again. If people read your book, maybe they wouldn't vote for him because you've sized up Donald Trump. He's in league with Jeffrey Epstein. But it's conceivable Maxwell could be convicted, Trump reelected, and then well, he, he could pardon
0: her. Am I right? And, and Trump, if, if Trump were to achieve a second term and it being a second term, he, he's going to do whatever whatever he wants without right. any any fear of, of, you know, it's this final swan song uh, in in the White House. So he'll do he'll do significant damage uh, um, uh, left to his own devices. So, I love you, you know, for exposing
1: um, him, too. And because uh, that takes courage. And you travel in a lot of circles where maybe that's not appreciated. Am
0: I right? Well, it's uh, to me. He was the president of the United States. There was there was such a history there, and uh, I just thought it. I just thought this was this was an area uh, that had to be had to be explored and 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 had to uh, be researched and have the dots connected. And I had no indication when I set out on the Trump book uh, that. Um, myself and my co-author uh, Monique Fazé, a New York journalist based in Paris now uh, that we would uh, that we would expose the fact that there were 60 uh, uh, some odd uh, in- instances of um, of um, uh, involving um, in- involving women and uh, you know many many new incidents uh, uh, that had not been previously reported. <coughs> um, you know we so, could
1: we could talk forever um, about this but the kind of book yeah. you wrote about Trump was the kind of book written about Bill Clinton and all his women by a guy I interviewed back in 2015 named Roger Stone. You remember he wrote a book about all yep. of Clinton's sexual misbehavior. Yeah. Talk about a guy calling the kettle black. I mean yeah, and another Florida character. We we could talk forever, Barry. I I can't appreciate sure. I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh one getting to have a drink with you and I'm looking at that book you gave me and I hope it's super successful and that we can stay in touch. Uh what sure. do you think? Are you going to make a prediction on the verdict? Uh
0: you know, I I I have to say after after the reporting of the book you know I, I i do think she's guilty and i and i hope that the uh i hope the prosecutors are, are showing enough to the jurors to uh to come to come to that conclusion and uh uh you know I, i'd be happy for us to have another conversation after we get the verdict in terms of uh how all this plays out because uh i i do think uh, uh her defense uh, uh teams uh, part of the uh, how they how they lay out um their defense is going to be interesting, and uh, we know that they're going to get into um, uh, some psychologists talking about memory syndrome, about how the media how uh, can manipulate a mind that they were they, they, have doctor, ben- they have doctor
1: they have Doctor Lenore Walker endorsed, who I cross examined in a triple homicide I prosecuted in yep. Denver where she said, my witnesses really couldn't remember accurately because there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of that. It was one of my most enjoyable cross-examinations, and uh, I I don't think she's foolproof. And I'm not sure they will call her. Maybe they'll say, wow, the prosecution case was really brief. Maybe we don't need all this. Don't expect Ghislaine to testify, but uh, they may have some tricks up their sleeve. Why yeah. not well, call we'll, we'll why not mean, call they, Dershowitz you know Dershowitz and he can say can you imagine if Dershowitz was a witness I don't know if he's listed but he could say look they're telling lies about me and so they're telling lies about her and you can't believe this well, can't.
0: I think the I think the reason the prosecution did not bring uh Virginia Roberts Jufre, uh, in, into the mix here is because. It would open this hornet's nest of Kershwitz. having to hear the denials from from him and so many others. And they didn't want to complicate right. what they, you know, th- th- they set out a very simple, narrow window to prosecute her for the, you know, grooming and trafficking of these four victims. Uh, they didn't want to tie this thing up into something much larger because this is a, a much larger case here. And, and, you know, to properly explore all of these other men, I mean, we, you know, I mean, that, that would be of an OJ length. Right. Uh, uh, Sideshow side
1: would take over the circus. There's tough federal. Yeah, and the prosecution
0: there. just, just is obviously trying to remain very, it's a very simple prosecution here. And, uh, that's 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 what they're going and for. The and, and I don't it, think
1: that's my business. And the beauty is you don't have to wait for a review from the New York Times or the Atlantic. And my God, your book has rave reviews from all sorts of people. But you get a verdict in a case like this. And the verdict will say guilty or not guilty and wow, that'll be a moment, won't it?
0: Yes. Yes, it will be. So
1: Anyway, thanks well, a million hope, Barry and uh
0: hopefully we'll get this hopefully we'll get the sick uh, lawyer uh, uh whoever the person is back uh, up and running and we can get this uh, trial going again. So.
1: Well, you've given me a great couple of hours. Thanks so much and thanks for your book The Spider. It's terrific.
0: Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Michael, of course, is a great sponsor of my show. But more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer. And I've got two dogs. What about you?
2: I have two dogs right now as well.
1: And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that.
2: So I will write pet trusts, which is, you can earmark, money to take care of your pets um you know a lot of people you know they've got their dogs and they love their dogs but then if somebody were to you know if you're if you were to pass away you know who's going to take your dogs who would who would love your dogs as much as you do i don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do but like i grew up with dogs and so if i were to pass away then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs so when you set up a pet trust you can dictate who's going to get those dogs and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well. I like
1: working with you and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that?
2: It is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and you know meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them.
1: And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. You will come to them
2: Yep. And I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to.
1: Tell us how people can get in touch with you.
2: My direct phone number is 720-394-6887. Or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule, you know, there's a book an appointment link on, this, on the website.
1: All right, Michael Bailey. Thank you. Welcome to Craig's Lawyer's Lounge. Troubadour Dave Gunders, how was your Hanukkah?
3: Hello, Craig. My Hanukkah was wonderful. And yours? It was okay. You know, we went out of town to celebrate the last
1: part of it, but I want to talk more about you before we get to me, which, of course, is one of my favorite topics. How about you and your new internet presence on YouTube? I've loved it that you finally seen fit to put your music up there under Dave Gunder's music. I think it's a tremendous thing. 97 different songs.
3: Yes, and my thanks goes out to Bradley Stern, your producer. And um, uh, and my my new friend and helper of getting my music in a in a, a more visible kind of format.
1: Well, we have one of the greatest songs, and when we took our walk the other night, it popped up, and I've always loved it. It's so apropos for this week. It's called "Deep Down." Tell us why you wrote it, and is it one of your favorites?
3: I always like this one. I mean, the, the lyrical content is, is fun for me. Um, I, I came up with the idea of deep down, I'm glad I did it. Well, did what? Um, something that you had to pay for. So uh, I kind of worked backwards from the title on this one and, and uh, um, you know, imagined what someone might be sorry for, but then again, not really sorry for. Right.
1: Them. And it's like you have a little smirk on your face. Like a kid getting away with something. You know who had that smirk all the time? Who was that? Jeffrey Epstein. The late Jeffrey Epstein. Not to put you in that class, but I'm just saying he obviously did everything to excess, which led to his downfall. And as you know, I went to the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Did you know how to say Ghislaine?
3: I do now. Ghislaine. And um, what tell life. me about Gulane. Tell me about that trial. What-
1: oh, well, first of all, I had to go to New York City, which is a city that kind of turns me on. I know you feel the same way. And uh, I just was focused in the Southern District of New York. And we stayed down there. When I say we, Trish and I, and we had great access to the trial for two meaningful days. There have been four victims who testified for the prosecution allegedly representing hundreds, if not thousands, of women. And looking back, I think they had representative samples here on Friday. As we record, they put on Annie Farmer, who went on to be a psychologist. And she's very educated. Her sister kind of got involved, and they brought her to Zorro Ranch, one of their properties in New Mexico, and tried to groom her. But she really didn't go along with it. I watched a girl testify. She used a real first name, Carolyn. And uh, she was a seventh grade dropout. She went for the money that Epstein always offered. She ID'd Maxwell as the person who was his second in command. And then they had two women testify under pseudonyms, uh, Jane and Kate. We watched Kate testify, and she's kind of an English sophisticate. This guy had houses in Paris, London, the biggest, nicest place, 8 East, 71st Avenue, or 71st Street, Upper East Side, eight floors. And uh, he was living the life of a billionaire, which he apparently was, which was odd because he was a dropout, too. Anyway, it was so fascinating. And uh, I I just think that... Uh, it's an important case for a lot of different reasons.
3: Well, let's see. I'm, 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 I'm glad you led into that because I was wondering, Craig, what drew you to want to attend that trial in New York? And also, why is it important um, for your listeners now?
1: This guy, Jeffrey Epstein, is not just some oversexed, uh, rich guy. His world collided with two of our most recent presidents— Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, and he recorded everything, and he got in trouble with Palm Beach. He exercised influence. You know, he got off on that case, even though they had him dead to rights in Palm Beach. They, they identified dozens of girls who were being trafficked to his house on uh, the rich part of Palm Beach, and they would go to West Palm Beach, and the word got around the high school, hey, you can go and you can take care of this guy. And he really wasn't demanding conventional sex. He was having 14-year-olds on up come out there and uh, ostensibly give him a massage, rubbing his backside for 45 minutes. Then he'd turn over, and he would masturbate himself. Sorry for the, the rough description, but it could be rougher. And he would feel around on them. With some, he went further, and with some... Uh, Guy Lane was alleged to get involved sexually, but that's why I went out there. Um, I I think it's important because I I fear that Vladimir Putin has the tapes. Why do I say that? Well, Barry Levine taught it to me. He's uh, an author. He's my guest this show. And there was a Palm, Palm Beach officer who kept the files, and then he moved to Russia in 2016. Who moves to Russia and who gets treated well in Moscow? And then Putin seemed to have some compromise over Trump. And uh, Epstein and Trump were the best of pals. They lived near each other in New York. They lived near each other in Palm Beach. And neither one of them drank alcohol or did drugs. They liked one thing. They liked females. And for Epstein, the younger, the better. And he took it to an extreme, but everybody knew about it, including Trump. And Trump and him did some things, and I bet Epstein recorded it. I bet Epstein recorded everybody. And I don't know if that's how he got his money, but it's a good possibility that he had leverage over a whole bunch of people. Plus, he was super smart. And he grew up a poor guy in Brooklyn. And I'm fascinated by the backgrounds because... Let's face it, it's Shandah and the Jews. A lot of Jewish people involved here. Epstein, obviously Jewish, in appearance and last name. He's from Brooklyn. His family was just working class. And he said to the other kids in his public high school in Brooklyn, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to work over there, and I'm going to be a billionaire. And darned if he didn't do it. But along the way, he was kind of a nerd and nebbish. And he did some college, but he dropped out somehow. And this is one of the many mysteries. There's a very exclusive school in New York called the Dalton School. Right. It was picture Kent Country Day in the Denver area. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And you get top professors or top teachers there, most with advanced degrees. Epstein got hired to be a math teacher without even a college degree. And there he had access to young females, of course, and a lot of them took notice of him, vice versa. But Bear Stearns' uh, father took notice of him, hired him away. He made a fortune at Bear Stearns. And uh, then he became friends with Leslie Wexner, who owned The Limited, whose mom had been from Brooklyn. He made a big business in Ohio. Then he bought Victoria's Secret. And then Epstein was traveling around, but as interesting as Epstein is, Ghislaine Maxwell is even more fascinating because her father was Robert Maxwell. And Robert Maxwell was a little guy who's about your dad's age growing up in Europe, except he wasn't in uh, Munich like your dad. He was in Czechoslovakia near the Ukrainian border. And he had to survive on his wits to barely get out of it joined to fight the bastard Nazis, and then he uh, became a British citizen, loved everything British, changed his name from Benjamin Hoke uh, to uh, Robert Maxwell. How much more British can you be than calling yourself Maxwell? Then he married a, a French woman, and he had nine kids, the youngest of which was Ghislaine, In the meantime, he made a fortune out of nothing in the media and in press. And he was kind of like Rupert Murdoch. In fact, he bought the New York Daily News, and that's a competitor of the New York Post, Rupert Murdoch. But then it turned out that he was stealing from the pension funds, and his whole world started to fall apart. And he was on his yacht, the Lady Ghislaine, in the Canary Islands, in the Atlantic, off of Spain when he went overboard. Wow. Some people said he went out to take a pish and he fell over. Some people said he took a jump, but then he got fished out and everybody had to figure out what to do next. He got buried with honors in Israel, of all places. Some said he was kind of a Mossad asset or an agent. Some people said that about Epstein. Anyway, you'll hear from Barry Levine how Maxwell sort of introduced and uh, greased the skids for Epstein to meet his daughter, his favorite daughter. And those two were like Bonnie and Clyde, Mm -hmm. just a pairing. And Maxwell was known, even in late age, to have jet black hair to the degree you'd say, that guy's got to be dyeing his hair. Sort of like Ronald Reagan. I don't know if he did or he didn't, but people thought that. And Ghislaine in court, when I'm watching her, there she is with jet black hair, even though she's been in prison. She's 59 And she's represented by Jeff Paliuca, who was just in Craig's Lawyer's Lounge. So I went to the courtroom, and Jeff was talking with Ghislaine. It was a break, and he saw me, and he came over. We touched elbows. I said, hey, get back to her. She looked over. Not that I talked to her, but it was sort of like when I went to the Michael Jackson trial and interacted with Tom Mesero. I like to go to these big trials, and I don't know what's going to happen next. And the issue becomes, as they put forth in their opening statement, why are you blaming her? Right. You know? And it's, you'll hear with the fascinating interview with uh, Barry Levine that she wanted to be his wife. Mm. She wanted something more conventional, but this guy suffers from satiriasis, where it's like male nymphomania. And he wanted it three times a day. And she said, well, that's okay, but I can't quite keep up with that. So we're going to have to find some replacements for me. And darned if that isn't what they did, which is sick, especially given that the substitutes were so young. And he paid a big price for it. And now she's shackled her sister and brother sit in the front row. And two Denver lawyers, Laura Meninger and Jeff Paliuca, who I've known for 40 years. I don't know Laura that well, but Jeff I do. And they're from Had Morgan, a foreman, same firm that represented Kobe Bryant, same firm that represented John and Patsy Ramsey. And this courthouse is so cool the Thurgood Marshall Courthouse, Southern District of New York. I just love it. What's,
3: what's the building like?
1: You know my favorite building in all of Colorado? I've said it so many times, the Denver City and County Building, which was a New Deal project, and it's got these unique, funky areas seemingly designed for pigeons, like almost pigeon roosting places. And we all know the steeple that goes up uh, on the City and County Building that's lit up for Christmas, and then Mayor Spear's wife, I believe bought the eagle for the top of it. There's mm-hmm. beautiful eagle, gold eagle. And darn if this federal building isn't almost identical except a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, the city and county Building's super wide, but this one goes up New York style 17 floors mm-hmm. instead of the five floors or maybe eight if you count the steeple at the city and county building. But it's a lot of the same design structure, the same old, you know, mailboxes in the walls, you know, that go, drop it on the eighth floor, it goes down to the mailbox on the first. And uh, and a lot of carved out phone booths, which are stupid now, right? <laughs> you know, they, they thought that pay phones would be where you close the door, that kind of thing. But the grandeur of the courthouse, 40-foot ceilings. In New York, you're used to such tiny spaces and crowds, but federal courthouses especially, they're magnificent. The trial was on 318. They had viewing rooms on the fifth floor, ninth floor, first floor. Trish and I sampled them all. As I said, I went to the courtroom that one time and got to interact with Jeff, and I took Trish back, and she was there briefly. But Federal court has grandeur and uh, a different style. I'm mainly a state court guy, but it was exciting. And You know New York City is exciting. Here's what disappoints me about you. You have a daughter in New York. Your dad lives nearby. You've spent more time in New York City than I have. Why didn't you get on a bicycle? You didn't know how to check one out. The city bikes to ride around New York? You're a bicyclist? (laughs) It's fun as can be. Next time, I'll try it. it
3: yeah. You sent me a video. It looked fun. Well, mm. the,
1: the last day, but yeah. you know, we ate our breakfast, and we had a couple hours, about 40 degrees, but I, I put on layers, and the wind wasn't blowing, and I went uh, to the East River mm-hmm. and uh, rode around. I was looking for Lady Liberty, and I found her. And it's just a turn on. Then I turned and went on the Hudson part for a little bit.
4: Mm-hmm. Then
1: I got lost. And then when I got back, there was no place to dock the bike, which is big hassle. What are you going to do? It's New York. It's crazy. It's crowded. But everything worked out. Now I'm here with you. And I'm telling you, deep down, I, everybody's saying, will she testify? And I don't think so. One, I think she has a chance of acquittal and she just got too many difficult questions to answer. But, you know, she was gone, 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 like in your song. And she had a love affair with Jeffrey Epstein. It was twisted. And she probably saw a father figure there. But they've never spoken out. And, and you wonder, like with a lot of great mysteries, will anybody ever talk? Well we know about all the guys. Will she ever talk?
3: What is actually what is she being charged with?
1: She's being charged as an accomplice. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If you and I commit a crime, like God forbid, to try to you know, have sex with underage girls, even if I'm the perpetrator actually having the interactions, if you help me and you know what I'm doing, so with the intent to promote or facilitate the commission of a crime, mm-hmm. you aid, abet, or advise. Mm-hmm. Now, what does abet mean? It means to encourage. But she was like the scheduler and whatnot. And then the good question arises because a lot of these 16-year-old girls would uh, realize that they could get an extra hundreds of dollars if they brought their friends. And what they would do is they would disrope parsley or whatever, do the massage thing, 300 bucks, maybe two or 300 bucks for the girl who brought you. And the word got around, and it was always in $100 bills. And so Ghislaine was kind of the manager, and she managed all the properties, and she was his second. But that is the defense. Why blame the woman? And if you're going to blame Ghislaine, why don't you charge the 16-year-old who brought 12 friends? Right, didn't she? have complicity. She knew what was going on. Right. She wanted to give money. She did it anyway. Just like Ghislaine, but on a smaller scale. But then you say, well, wait a second. They're kind of victims too. And they were only 16. Right. Ghislaine was a so-called sophisticated. She went to Oxford. She's a socialite. Her dad was a a billionaire until it all turned out to be a fraud. She had in titled Life, and uh, she was older. She should have known better. But the defense might be, well, you can say that, but she was in love with the guy. And in opening statement, her defense attorney, not the, one of the Denver crew, somebody else gave the opening, said, since the beginning of time, women have been getting blamed for man's problems. She started in the Garden of Eden. And they're blaming Eve for tempting Adam instead of Adam for being the bad guy. And so it's one of those things. Why are you trying to blame her for all the sins of Jeffrey Epstein? Of course, all the stuff about her touching the girls and doing this with the girls and that with the girls. It's not helpful. It's just not helpful. And if I had to predict, I think she'll be convicted, but I'm not positive, which makes it a good An interesting trial. And if she does get convicted, what does she say? And among other people being accused, Alan Dershowitz, one of the most memorable nights of my life. I had a night with Alan Dershowitz at the Paramount Hotel, just him and me in a packed audience. I was on stage, the lights in my eyes, and He was so smart, and we had a good bantering relationship, and it went on for a long time. I loved it. I had no idea he would be accused of being part of Epstein's crowd and partaking. Now, he's denied it. There are lawsuits flying around about this, but that's why this goes deep. And to get out of that Palm Beach thing, as the fates would have it in July of 2017, I got sent by my employer to the White House, and I got to interview Alex Acosta, who is Secretary of Labor, but I knew he had been the Palm Beach US attorney. And he was the guy who had cut the sweetheart deal for Jeffrey Epstein. And on his finger, I you and I don't wear ostentatious rings, but this guy wore like a Super Bowl ring with a big H in it and it's it's Harvard. And I asked him about it. And he must be proud of Harvard, you know. <laughs> and and he was, because he went there undergrad, law school, everything. But Epstein, who never went to Harvard, but grew up a Jewish kid, probably picturing that the way you and I did, that's the epitome of an education. Oh my God, if a Jewish boy could go to Harvard and and then he became a billionaire, so he started buying things at Harvard and funding scientific research. He even got an office for himself at Harvard, and he started being friends with Alan Dershowitz, probably the most famous professor at Harvard Law School him, or Lawrence Tribe. There are lots of them, but Dershowitz is famous. And he gets Dershowitz as a lawyer to work with the Acosta, and next thing you know, he got a slap on the wrist for what could have put him away, Forever and for all the women he had done in Palm Beach, and then even after he served that little sentence, people start associating with him again. Not just any people, Prince Andrew, Bill Gates, uh, maybe Elon Musk, and then Lynn gets back into it. It's quite a story, and it's told so well by Barry Levine. The spider, and you know what's cool? It's in New York to be entertained by a New Yorker, and he said, "Meet me at Forlini's." I don't know where Forlini's is, although I did walk by it the night before. When you go to the Southern District, you've got Little Italy on one side, you've got Chinatown on the other, you got the World Trade Center. Forlini's—they shoot a lot of Law and Order segments. This is Foley Square, and right there is the detention facility where Epstein died and where Maxwell's complained about rats. It's New York for all its glory and its ugliness. And, I mean, during the lunch break, we walked over to the reflecting pool at Ground Zero. That's how close everything is in New York. Yes, <laughs> And yeah.
3: You were just there. That's Just moving. a couple blocks makes all the changes. Right. Yeah, you can experience a completely different atmosphere, Yeah.
1: And, you know, that's kind of another perfect thing for deep down, which can have a lot of meanings. And knowing you, it's probably dirty, you know, at the end. But deep down, I, I, I care about our country. I'm still so worried about it. You go to ground zero, you worry about it. You worry about our politicians. I said last week to Jennifer Rubin, maybe we need a leader without a penis, okay? Because you got Trump on the leader L- L- Express. You got uh, You got Clinton. I mean, this guy, he also had his own private island in the Virgin Islands, and he had it all, and, and he's dead now, and, and you'll listen and decide whether he committed suicide or not, but mm-hmm. deep down, this country's going to be okay, and uh, I've been yapping my head off. Thank you for letting me, and uh, thanks for uh, entertaining me in Craig's Lawyer's Lounge. That's kind of cool.
3: Craig, I like when you say deep down this country is going to be okay. That makes me feel better.
1: I think so, because you know what? I looked around New York, a lot of people of different backgrounds being nice. Uh, You read about crime, and it is out of control, but the nice people still overwhelm the others. We have challenges. Um, We have a, a lot, but deep down... Yeah, and uh, I, I, I can't think of a better song for Ghislaine Maxwell. What does she think? Deep down, is she glad she did it? Listen to Dave Gunder's song, and you decide. Thank you. Thanks, Craig.
4: Well, i told lies Didn't blink an eye Sorry, judge Guess I should apologize, but I didn't know that old fishing hall sitting out in private land, could you give me back my pole? And if you do, you'll never see me again. I'm dreaming of that trout frying in the pan what I'm telling you, my friend, deep down, I'm glad I did it. I'd do anything to get a little closer for a better view, cause I I've never seen a girl of my dreams, I knew I'd do anything to get you to notice me, so I pulled that silly back trick on your lawn. I saw you running in the sun And I crashed that old red bike And I was gone, gone, gone Thinking as I hit the tree Deep down, glad I did it Deep down, glad I did it Took a little risk Trying to get a little kick long, I thought I saw you running in the sun, and I crashed that old red bike, and I was gone, 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 and laughing as I hit the tree.
1: Bailey, a friend, a lawyer, a sponsor. Tell everybody how you bring peace of mind to their life.
2: So by setting up your estate plan, you know what's gonna happen to your stuff when you die. You know where it's gonna go, you know who's gonna get it. We've got everything in place so we're not running to a court to try to get Guardianship and conservatorship as quickly as possible, but then it's an orderly proceeding of things. So you know, there's already enough chaos with the medical emergency, but the legal part of it and who can make decisions is all outlined. It's all set up. So there's, it's like the the smooth transition of power.
1: That's cool because you can avoid so many problems by having a medical power of attorney and discussing it with a smart guy like Michael Bailey. Because who should have this? It's probably somebody. There are so many things in life that you can fill out a form and save yourself money, save yourself heartache. Some people die out of nowhere quickly, but more often you get sick, you have medical difficulties, so it all goes together. But your system works, it works beautifully. What is the best way to contact you these days?
2: best way uh, you can give me a call my phone number is 720-394-6887 and again that's 720-394-6887 or you can go online to Michael Law michaeldailylawllc.com and there is a an appointment page on my website that you can use so either way is fine
1: thanks michael Hey, if you like this show, please shout it out on your Purple Apple podcast app. It would be so wonderful if you would scroll down, spot that place to leave a five-star review and your personal review. Kind words, appreciated. Thanks so much. Tell your friends. Hey, I told you it was going to be a great show and it is. Have you ever heard of a better song fitting a subject matter than Deep Down by our troubadour Dave Gunders? It was fantastic. Thank you, troubadour, and thank you, Barry Levine. What a great guest. So generous with your time and your talents. I hope everybody enjoyed this show. Until next time, bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Saturday morning, 9 to noon, Mountain Time. Visit the com for the podcast, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available. This has been The Craig Silverman Show.